morning, church. It's good to see you. You know, Jesus said, I'll have my house be a house of prayer. We want Meadows to be a house of prayer. And uh, thank you for just having courage to gather together, pray with each other. There's such power in that. I want to welcome everybody watching online. Super excited for all of you all around the globe watching Meadows Church, hearing a word from God that we believe will change your life if you take it in and then do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. First time guest, Sarah already gave you some praise, but uh, thank you for being here for the first time. We're so excited that you're here. Um, we, uh, we're in a series, we're finishing up. And uh, can you, by, hey, by the way, can you give it up for our worship team? I mean, we're blessed, aren't we? Amazing. Thank you, guys. I, uh, I, uh, we're, uh, we're in a series called Different. Say different. If you're new, I'll, I'll recap very quickly. The series is called Different because it centers on generosity. And generosity is different for many people. Many people, well, I'd say all people aren't born generous, right? We're not born, like, with a giving nature. We're born with a taking nature. But, but, but and many people aren't generous not because they're not, not because they're bad people, but because they've never been taught how to be generous. And through this four weeks leading up to the pinnacle uh, message today, God is showing us what his word says about being generous. And, we're, we're, and for me, I've been very open with you. I'm telling you that your pastor, for much of my life, I was not generous. And some days I'm still not. Though, though I'll tell you that every time that I think I ever went like on a date anywhere and like we went out to eat, I would always buy. Even when I wasn't generous, because that's just a gentleman thing to do, right? I remember going on a first date and going into a restaurant and I was like, get whatever you want. I don't care. Like, you see the menu? Get, get anything you want off the dollar menu, okay? Anything. I don't care. You can get up to five items. I'm cool with it. So don't act, like, don't act like you've never gone on a date to a fast food restaurant, okay? You ain't all that, all right? I mean, you have. Gosh, yeah, so uh, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. <laughs> My date was like, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm leaving you. So she wasn't, wasn't impressed, but... Uh, I, uh, at least, but at least I was buying. Unlike people that pretend like they're going to get the check when the check comes, and then when the check comes, all of a sudden they get a, t a case of T-Rex arm. You know, they, they can't quite reach the check. I don't know, you know, how you shampoo your hair with T-Rex arms. But you know, I, I, God's teaching me how to be generous. It's a, I'm a full-time job. But this series is changing people. I just had a, a conversation with a gal in the Welcome Center, and she's like how the Holy Spirit is speaking to her and steps she's taking to do what the Holy Spirit is telling her to do, talking about living in a scarcity mindset. Well, I don't know if I can do this or maybe I can't spend that or maybe I shouldn't do that. And when you do things under God's way, like you'll always have enough. Like we're learning that, that when, we're, we're, when we're generous, we have joy. Look, at, Talk to anybody, your friends or family that are generous, that are givers, I'll guarantee you they have joy in their life. Generous people are joyful people. Joyful people are generous people. That's one of the themes of today that we've seen. But it's got to be taught, and that's why we're taking our time. And we're, what we're finding out with many people when it comes to finance, many people, the number one thing they, they do is worry. We've talked about it. And, and somebody walked in here this morning, somebody's watching online, and even when we talk about finance, it kind of makes you sick to your stomach because you know the bills you got to pay. You know the medical bills that are piling up. You know the things that are mounting, and it makes you almost ill. I'm so glad you're here. You picked an incredible weekend to come to church, I promise you, because God wants to turn that worry into joy. And he will do it. I promise you, when we, when we trust God first, say first, 
You got to trust him first. That's the step of faith. That is one of the keys to unlocking just generosity in your life, is trusting God first. And in this series, Paul, a, a, a guy who was radically transformed by Jesus, wrote letters to the first, some of the early churches, the first churches ever. And uh, we, we looked at some last week, and I'm going to close the message with one more letter that he wrote to a church in Corinth, a letter called 2 Corinthians, a letter that he wrote. It's unbelievable what God did to me as I read this, as I read this and studied this. And I hope he does the same thing to you. So if you have a Bible, you got the mobile app. In the New Testament, that's after Jesus came to earth and after, uh, there's a book called 2 Corinthians. And I'm in chapter 9. I'm going to start in verse 6. So if you don't have a Bible, you want one, we'll give you one. Ask our services. We love giving them away for free. Um, and if you don't have any of that stuff on you right now, we're going to put it up on the screen for you as well. So here we go. Say I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing to this church, also to you and I. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will only get a small crop. We could stop right there and chew on that for the rest of the service. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. If we could wrap our head around that one statement, it would change your life. Repeat after me. We reap what we sow. You've heard it time and time again. Now you're, seeing how the, it, now you're seeing what Paul says about it and what God says about it. You plant generously, you get a generous crop. That's why being generous, it's so different, but it's so good. Let's continue. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. In other words, you need to have a plan. We looked at that last week. If you missed that message, you got to go and take it in because that's about having a plan. If you don't have a plan, it's hard to be generous. I'd say impossible. And don't give reluctantly, Paul writes, or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So what's Paul saying? You know what he's saying? It's not so much about the amount because we tend to think it's the amount. Oh, generous people give the most. Absolutely not. Generous people are generous people regardless of what they give. It's, it's, are they giving first? Are they trusting God first? Right? So it's not, it's not about the amount. You know what it is? It's about the attitude. That's what Paul wrote here. It's about the attitude. Give cheerfully. The amount has nothing to do with it. Verse 8. And God will generously... Let me pause for a second. As I'm about to read, listen to the definitives in this statement. Like, uh, I'll, like the next one. Uh, God will generously provide all... Say all... All you need, then you will always, say always, always have everything, say everything. You hear that? All, always, everything. Do you hear how, I mean, this is, God's trying to make a point. Everything you need and plenty of leftover to share with others. That doesn't make sense, God. Your math doesn't add up. I don't get it. I'm being generous. I'm, I, I'm sowing a bunch of seed. Won't I have less seed? And God says, no, actually, you'll have more. See, it, it's, it's crazy the way God's math works. His math is not our math. His ways are not our ways. Verse 9, as Scripture says, and then, and then Paul quotes a psalm, they share freely and they give generously to the poor. Their good deeds are remembered forever. See, when you're generous to somebody, when, you're, when you have a generous nature, not only are you impacting lives in the moment, you're impacting lives forever. That's what we're learning here. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides the seed. Who provides the seed? Yes. God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and the bread to eat. He provides a seed. He provides the bread. And then it says, in the same way, he will provide and increase. 
and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I love what it said there. Notice it doesn't say he'll produce a great harvest of just cash. He'll produce a great harvest of, you know, job promotion. It's way bigger than that. He's saying, I'll produce generosity because generosity breeds generosity. I love that. Then, and this isn't just, this principle that we're learning, this, this, this generous, generous sowing, and then you, give, you, you, know, you, you, you reap what you sow, it's a principle all throughout God's word. We see it all through the letters that Paul writes to the churches. We see it, the, the words of Jesus. I'm, listen to this, Luke 6, 38. Christ himself says this, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. Oh man, preach, come on. Uh, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. What you give determines what you get back. That's from Jesus. You, I could go Proverbs on your Old Testament and tell you, give freely, become more wealthy. That makes no sense, God. And God's like, why don't you trust me first and see how much sense it makes? I'll change your life. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. It's, it's a principle all throughout the word of God. And so many people are living in worry and living in uh, scarcity and living in fear in the area of finance. And you don't have to do that. But it's going to require faith. It's going to require trust. And that's what God is wanting so desperately. You talk to anybody who trusts God first. Talk to anybody who, who returns a tithe, that 10%. Oh, my God. Ask him if they regret it. Ask him if they have less or more. Don't ask the pastor. You know what the pastor is supposed to say. Ask anybody you know. It is, it, is, it is amazing. I'm not afraid to tell you that God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. Like, he, that's what he wants to do. You know why most people aren't blessed? Because we're not being generous. We're not, we're not trusting God first. Uh, God wants to prosper you. <gasps> prosper i mean uh, and i'm not just talking money when you hear that don't just think money I'm not just talking a, a prosperity gospel that freaks so many people out i'm talking about a promise from god give and you will receive your gift will return to you in full press down shake it together running over it's a promise it's, it's and you can live in abundance you can live and you'll have enough i promise you you'll have enough I didn't believe it. I never believed it either. You don't believe it until you do it. That's what I found out. So amazing. So we'll continue in the letter. Verse 11, Paul writes to you and I in this church. Yes, you'll be enriched. Just listen to these words. In every way so that you can always be generous. Did you catch it? You'll be enriched so that you can enrich others. I'll give to you, but it, but it can't stop with you. See, if the generosity doesn't flow from you, soon it will stop flowing to you. That is a fact. And people wonder why, gosh, why don't I have, why can't I ever catch a break? Are you, are you, are you being generous first? Are you giving first? This is the key. Not because I said it, but because God said it. It's so key. I mean, like, just, just let's go on a, a journey quickly, quickly here together. Sometimes my family and I, when we go downtown Omaha, there's this, uh, there's this big candy shop down there. You ever been there? I don't, is it called Hollywood? I don't, Hollywood, whatever. All I know is the place is freaky. Like, it scares me. I, like, if, if I were at a candy shop and I wanted to bring kids in, I would not do what they're doing, okay? I've been to 
I've been to haunted houses that are more relaxing than this, this place. I know you've been there. It is. You walk in and there's freaking clowns and dolls. And I'm like, I don't. I'm like, kids, you go in there. I'm going to stay out here where Jesus is because he ain't in there. You know, wax figurine. I mean, I don't get it, but whatever. So, but my kids love it because they love candy. So I thought about this illustration and I thought, what if I gave like, say, oh, my son Jake, 20 bucks. And I'm outside where it's safe, you know, where, where the Lord is. And I'm like, here's 20 bucks. You, you can go to the candy store and, you know, get what you want. Actually, 10 bucks is yours for candy. And then 10 bucks, say there's a person in need that we see downtown. And I'm like, give 10 bucks to that dude. And then you can take 10 and go get your candy. And let's say Jake takes the 20. He's going to the candy shop, you know. And, uh, and, and of course, Jake, you wouldn't do this because you love the Lord. But let's pretend you go by and you look at the guy and, you know, you kind of wave at him and you're nice to him. But you just walk by him. And you go into that candy store and you buy 20 bucks worth of candy. Well, if you make it out of that candy store alive, which is debatable because of what's going on in there, but if you do make it out alive, two things are going to happen, okay? Number one, dad's getting all the candy because, you know, you weren't obedient. So now, and hopefully you got, hopefully you're bringing out, like, those Reese peanut butter eggs. Bring those out if this ever does come to life, Jake. I mean, I just, people will say, do you, are, you know, are you eating healthy? I'm like, dude, I eat eggs for breakfast every morning. Yeah, I'm eating healthy. I mean, they're Reese's, but whatever. So, um, <laughs> so I'm getting all the candy. And Jake, and Jake, guess what? This ain't happening again. Like, I ain't going to trust you again with the 20. And we're not doing this again. Because, because I said, you know, when you, when you give to them, and then you can go take the rest and you do what you want with it. But you didn't do that. So now I can't trust you because you didn't do what I, what I asked you to do. You get it? So God tells us in his word what to do. He tells us, when you, will you trust me with your first? Will you trust me and be generous even when you feel like you don't have it? This is so incredible. But when we don't do it, when we don't do it, God sees. That's why the Bible says those who are faithful with little will be trusted with more. And if you're not being faithful with a little, God's like, I love you so much, I want to bless you. But why would I bless you? Because it ain't flowing through you. It's so, this is so key. And trust me, if you're thinking this is going to be difficult for you, I thought the same thing. But once you start unlocking generosity, God will bless you in ways you can't believe. Listen to what it does. So listen to this. Let's continue the scripture. And when we take your gifts, okay, so they're, 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 they're taking an offering for a church in Jerusalem, if you remember from last week. When we take the gifts, when we take what you're bringing together, and we give it to those in need, they're going to thank God for it. They will thank God. So two good things, say two. Two good things are going to result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers there are going to be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And I thought about that as I read that this week. The two points are very simple. If you didn't catch it, when you're generous, your generosity is going to meet the needs of others. It's going to meet the needs of others, guaranteed. When you're generous... You are meeting someone else's needs. And Jesus, he was in the business of doing it. And when we meet a need through generosity, we're living like Jesus. That's what we're called to do. It's so beautiful. So, so let me continue the scripture. So meet needs is the first thing that your generosity will do. Paul continually writes, as a result of the ministry, they will give glory to God. So you're meeting their needs. They're thanking God for it. They're giving glory to God. Your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you're obedient to the good news of Jesus Christ. So when you're generous, you're proving that, that, the, that Jesus is the Lord of your life. Now, now if, if you're not a believer in Jesus and you're here today, thank God, I'm, I'm glad you're here. You know, but this, that, this, that part didn't, didn't really imply to you because they're talking about believers right now. 
but you can still be generous and you can still watch what God does. He loves you. He wants to meet you here today. I guarantee you that. Verse 14, and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given you. So, so when you're generous, you're going to meet needs. When you're generous, you know what we just read? When you're generous, number two, God is going to be glorified. It glorifies God. It glorifies God when you're generous. It glorifies God when you're generous. And I'm going to take it a step further. Because the, 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 not the illustration, the, the, the true story that we, we just read in Corinthians, the churches around there, if you remember, they're gathering their generosity and their gifts for the church in Jerusalem, the believers that are struggling, they've been hit hard with oppression and all this kind of stuff. I thought to myself, while we should be meeting the needs of the people in the church, what if we took a, ra- a radical generosity outside the church? I mean, think about it. Meet needs, God's glorified, and, and, and guess what else will happen? The third point, we would lead people to Christ. Oh, that sounds like a mission statement. It sounds like, it sounds like leading people to Christ and their God-given purpose. I mean, what if we were a church that was so generous that when we met needs outside the church and we, God was glorified outside the church that the people were meeting the needs, they're just so radically changed by that gift that they meet Jesus. That, this is so exciting. If you're, if you're in a group at Meadows Church, like a, 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 say a life group, those are the groups that we meet during the week and we get deeper in the word and each other's lives and they're so awesome. And, uh, but we talk a lot about our ones. And we pray for our ones. So if you ever hear somebody saying, Who, oh, you know, who's your one? What we're talking about is people that we love, people that we know that either don't have a church home or don't have a relationship with Jesus as far as we know. So those are the ones that we think about all the time. And the ones are people we know, again, a lot, we're close to a lot of them. Some of you, you live with them. You're, they're your spouse. They're your kids or they're your parents. They're a coworker. They're a family member. They're a close friend that you maybe grew up with. They might not even live around here. They might be somewhere else, but they're still one of your ones because you know that if they were to die today, they would spend forever apart from Jesus. So we're always thinking about the one. And the green stickers that you have on your chairs, the little round stickers, I've introduced those one series before or one message before. I want to keep them in front of us. Because what we're doing with the green stickers, those remind me of my one. And I, we put them on our phone, and we put them on our, our, our computer, and our mirror, and uh, the, the refrigerator, and in our car. And every time I look at a, a sticker, a green sticker, it reminds me of the one. The one that Jesus came for. I will leave the 99 for the one, he said. The one matters. Say the one matters. It, he, he does. She does. They do. The, and then we also, in our groups, we also have what we call randoms. And we challenge ourselves to... Uh, well, we don't have to meet people. God's going to introduce us to people during the week. And we always say, okay, we're going to meet some random people that we don't know. They're not friends. They're not family. We just meet them wherever. And we try to just maybe start a conversation. You know, not in a weird way, okay? We talked last week. Christians are the weirdest people out there sometimes. So when I say talk to a random person and, and try to lead them to Christ, okay, okay, I got to be careful how I say that because somebody's like, you know what? I'm going to Walmart. And, well, that's your first problem. But I'm going to Walmart and I'm going to talk to the clerk there and I'm going to lead her to Christ. And you, you start checking out, and she's like, did you find everything okay? And you're like, well, I just need to find out one more thing. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And she's like, what? Okay, two things. Okay, right there. Okay. <laughs> so don't, do, do, two things. Number one, do not tell them you're with Meadows Church, because that's weird. Okay? <laughs> Number two, you have no friends. I'm going to tell you that. Don't stop being weird. Okay? Number three, they'll probably call security. So there you go. So, okay, that's not the way to do it. But 
That, that actually reminds me of a pastor that I follow. He talked about a seminary. True story. For a seminary class on evangelism, they had their seminary class go door to door randomly. And, and, and when the person answered the door, they led with this question. If you die today, do you know where you spend eternity? And the person, you know, right out of the chute. You know what the person's thinking? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure, but I hope it's not with weird people like you. Okay, that's, that's what I'm hoping. I mean, seriously. And we're not, by the way, we're not doing a door-to-door. When we moved to La Vista, our new home in about three weeks, we're in, I, we did it when we, when we launched uh, here, you know, three years ago. I'm telling you, I'll do, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, God, I'm sorry if I'm being disobedient, but I, all I can think about is the first interaction I had. I shared the story. I went to our door-to-door campaign, very first house. Knock, knock, knock. Dude answers the door with no shirt, holding a huge plate of spaghetti. Dogs are barking like crazy. What do you want? I'm like, oh God, I want God to like teleport me the heck out of here. That's what I, I mean, I, it was rough, but whatever. So we're not doing that. But if that, again, we'll, we'll send flyers, but I ain't going door to door. So, because God don't want me to. So this is what we're going to do. Remember, meet needs, glorify God. Lead people to Christ. Meet needs. Glorify God. Lead people to Christ. I want to introduce you to a ministry of your church called One for One. Say one. One. For one. One for one. This ministry that starts today is going to meet needs of your friends and family, people that you know. It's going to meet needs. It's going to glorify God as we meet needs. And it's going to lead some of those people to Jesus. And uh, it starts with this. It's funny, this was sitting at my house this week, and Jody's like, my wife Jody's like, what is that, like a suggestion box? I'm like, God, no, it's no suggestion box, Jody. I don't know. She's like, because I have a suggestion. I'm like, oh, boy. And I already know what it is, what it is, Jody. Turn up the heat, Said tells me every week. It could be 97 in here. She'd be like, oh, no, it's dying up here. So it's not a suggestion box. You think we want suggestions from everybody? I've already told you, if you have suggestions, I, I've given you an email address before. Remember what it is? Monty at I don't give a rip.com. Send them there, okay? There's where you send those. Anyway, one for one. One for one. Let me explain what this is. What this, this baby is right here. It's pretty sweet. Suggestion box. Ugh. So, <laughs> every week you have an opportunity to put a dollar in there. Just one. Every week. It's cool because if you have kids or grandkids, you can give them a dollar or they can use their own dollar and you can teach them how to sow seed. You can teach them the, 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 the principle that we're learning, reaping and sowing, planting. See, money is seed. Never forget that. Money's way more than what we think it is. But when we take a dollar bill, and not just me. Remember when Paul's writing to the church, how he said last week, each one, each one decide what to give it said. So when we take a dollar bill and we say, gosh, this isn't much, what's that going to do? But when you take one, and you take one, and you take one, and you take one, every week we start putting dollars in there, one for one. Remember who the one is, right? People that maybe don't have a church home, people that don't know Christ that we know of, okay? They're the one. See the, see the green sticker there? I mean, it's, this is strategic. This is huge. Let me give you a premise really quick. This ministry is for someone in the local area who has a need. And, and as far as we know, they're not a member or a, tender, a regular tender of a church, Okay? And, and, and that means a lot to me because I think if you're part of a local church, you should be able to go to that local church and say, hey, here's what's going on. I have a need, and the church will either help meet a need or they'll point you to a place in the community to help meet a need because we're a family. Say family. 
Like, we do life together. And I'm telling you straight up, if you have a need, you're struggling in an area, let us know. We'll do whatever we can to help you. Ain't just playing church on Sunday morning. I want to be church on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And when you're struggling with your kids or you're struggling in your finance or you're struggling in your mentally messed up mind, we want to be there for you. So if someone has a church home, I, my prayer is that their church is there for them. But this is for, for, for somebody who has a need. And as far as we know, they don't have a church home. Mm, I love it. So let me continue. They're nominated by someone who attends Meadows on a regular basis. So, you know, and we're not going to get too legalistic about that, you know. So, but they're nominated by you, by people. You'll nominate them. You'll, you can send an email to hello at meadows.church and describe the story. Hey, so-and-so, it's, you know, a, a coworker, a friend, my husband, whatever the case is. And here's what's going on. And here's why I think they'd be a great for the one-for-one on, one one nomination. And you just email it. And every, once a month, we'll look at the nominations, and, and me and a team will look at them, and we'll pray over them and select one. And that one person's going to get all the money. And you're going to give it to them. Not me. Not the You're the church. You give it to them. You know them. I don't. So we're going to cut you a check and say, there's, there's, all, the, there's all the money. Go give it to them. And, and bless them. Just bless them. Well, do they have to come to church? No. Do they have to give their life to Christ? No. I mean, do I want them to do those things? Obviously, would love them. But no, there's no stipulation. It, 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 it's, 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 it's love. That's the stipulation. That's what it is. So this will be in the back every week. Now, this is, it doesn't replace a tithe or an offering. It's not an offering. It's not a tithe. Those are separate. You don't designate your tithe or offering. That's a tithe is returning to God what's already his. You, don't, you, you know, that's not even yours. It's always been his. You, you return 10% to him. But this is a ministry. This is a one-for-one one ministry. And this is $1 in there. That's it. You don't have to give two. You don't have to give five. You give one. If we all give one, it will be given a significant gift every month to somebody. And I can't wait. If you want to give more, I guess you can. But you don't have to. It's one-for-one. One. It's called that for a reason. So I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about this. Every week, I wrote this. Every week, this will be in the back. And th this is a ministry of our church. And it's so exciting. And I'm not scared to tell you, I got the idea from another church. And somebody's like, you stole the idea. Well, whatever. You can say I stole it. But I like to think that churches are one global church working for the Christ, working for Christ, and that we all work together. I'll steal any idea and every idea I can. Yeah, you bet I did. Um, only we're going to do it better. So anyway, so whatever. So I'm just kidding. So um, I, I'm so excited about this. Every week, you're going to teach your children. Every week, you're going to teach yourself. And every week, and some of you, maybe you never gave a tithe or an offering or anything, and this will be the first step towards that. You're like, all right, I'm going to start here in this ministry. And eventually, I'm going to get to giving back to God through the church. It's, I, this will make such an impact in, the, in people's lives. I just picture it. Every week, you're getting ready for church, grabbing your dollars. Your kids are grabbing their dollars. And you can't, you're just smiling. you got a smile on your face. You can't wait to get to church with your dollars. I remember back in the day, I'd grab a lot of dollar bills, and I'd be so excited. But I, I wasn't going to the church. I mean, you know where I was going? Everybody's scared to say it, I know. The dollar store. I mean, what were you thinking? Jeez, only at Meadows Church. Oh, whatever. So I, but the, I, I'm so excited. We will meet needs. We'll glorify God. We'll lead people to Christ. This, is a, this gift is an expression of love is what I wrote. It's an expression of love. When you invite, God, I pray you invite. The invite cards are on your chairs for a reason. Those have this address. That address won't be good in about three weeks. So get those invite cards out. Invite, share, share your faith when you have a chance. Do it in a non-weird way, right? Share your faith. But I tell you what, how about we give a gift as well? I love, see, that, that's where people, think about this. Think about the response to somebody. They get a check for 
800, $900, a $1,000. And they get this check and they're like, what the heck? Yeah, it's from our church. For me? Yeah, for you. But they don't even know me. Oh, it's okay. And they're just going to give me the money? Yeah. Yeah, our pastor says we'll pay people to come to church. We're, we're weird that way. I don't even get it myself. We're just a strange church. You know, it's, we're different. Hey, man, way different. Hence the series. That's, see, for Easter, I'm telling you something. Easter is going to be crazy at our, at our new location at the La Vista Conference Center. Cannot wait to get there. We are going, we're going all out. We're giving money away. I can't, I've always wanted to do it. Can't wait. We're giving, you bring a first-time guest, you get in a drawing for cash. Bring a first-time guest. Bring 10 of them, you get in the drawing 10 times for cash. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about a dollar here and a dollar. I'm talking cash, money, big time. We're going to pay you to come to church. We're going to pay you to invite people to come to church. And, and we're going to have, we're going to do inflatables for the kids. We're going to give away huge prizes in our kids' ministry for egg hunts and, I mean, big prizes. And, and we're going all out. We're bringing in cold stone ice cream. We've got to do that every Easter. I always say they rolled the stone away, and then we rolled cold stone in. You know, it's kind of like, it was, it's an Easter thing. So you got to have cold stone ice cream straight from heaven. So, but Why? And some people are going to, trust me, some people are going to scoff at that. Oh, church paying you to come to, come to church. That's I don't care what they say. I'll pay you to come to church. I'll pay people that, I don't, why would we do that? Listen to me. This is why. Because we're just crazy enough to believe something. That if you would put somebody in a loving environment where the Holy Spirit is moving, and the gospel of Jesus Christ is going forth, their life will be changed forever. We will invest in that all day long. All day long. Pay you to come to church. I don't care. I'll do whatever it takes. Cash money. We will do it. And we will. And we are. Because you know what it does? It meets a need. This will meet a need for somebody who can't pay rent, somebody who can't pay a bill, Somebody who's getting evicted. Somebody who, who can't, doesn't have food to put on their table. This is going to meet a need. And that's how Jesus met people so many times. He didn't walk up to people. Remember the dude? Remember when Jesus went across the lake, that story? And, and there's that guy on the other side. He's all messed up, cutting himself. And they're chaining him up. And he's busting through chains. It, the dude is, it's like he's on a bad acid trip, okay? Not that, not that I know what that is. I've only done good acid. But I, it was like weird. So... He, actually, he has some demons in him, so it was, it was maybe worse than acid. But, so Jesus meets him. You know what Jesus did? He didn't say, my God, you're messed up. You know what? Come to, come to the temple, and I'll take care of you. He didn't say that. Well, you know what? Gosh, are you giving? Are you tithing? Maybe I can help you then. He didn't ask him that question. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't even tell him, well, you know what? This is, this is how you get saved and all this. He didn't do any of that. You know what he did? He met his need. That dude walked up to Jesus, messed up, demons in him. Jesus cast out the demons, meets the guy's need. How many times do we see Jesus feeding people? They're hungry, we need to feed them. He didn't say, they're hungry, we need to, we need to get them to church right away. No, no, no. Jesus said, let's meet their need. He's, she's hungry. The child's hungry. Uh, well, let's meet the need. He meets their need. It, it's so powerful. And that guy that, that he took the demon out of, guess what? Guess what that guy did? He wanted to get closer to Jesus. If you read the story, he, he wanted to follow Jesus. See, when we meet someone's need, when we meet a need, they're going to want to get closer to Jesus because they're going to know God's doing something. Why would this gift come to me? I'm nobody. I don't deserve it. No, you're somebody in Jesus' eyes. You matter to God. Regardless of where you've been or what you've done or, or what you're doing, you matter to God. So this is why I'm so excited about this. So, so G, and, and Jesus actually told the guy, you know what? You, can't, you need to go. You need to go and tell others. That's why it's so important that we're always going after the one. I, I put down this. He said, 
Jesus said, you need to go and tell people what the Lord has done for you. You can't stay with me right now. You need to go tell people. Go tell people. Go tell people. The ones, go after the one. Go after the one. Go after the one. One of, one of and, and I don't want you to hear like it's a project either. That's, that's not what I want you to hear. There's people that God has placed in my life. One guy that I've, I've, I've gone out to eat with him a few times. I'm getting to know him. And it's so amazing. And I've always reached out to him. God put him on my heart. Met him through a, um, through a funeral. And God put him on my heart. He lives here. And uh, he doesn't reach out to me much, but loves when I reach out to him. And probably loves that I always, I always buy when we go out because we want to be generous. And uh, he reached out to me like a week ago. Actually, it was last Sunday, exactly a week ago. And he reaches out. And I'm like, well, that's weird. He never reaches out to me. Sends me a message and says, hey, can we get together? He says, I just lost my job. And I want to get together. Well, Sunday, you know, he sent that early, and I didn't, Sundays are rough. I get done with this, I go home, you'll crash for a while, whatever. So I don't get it till later. Well, I hadn't responded till later, and I hadn't responded yet, and he sends another message. You know what he said? He said, by the way, I'll probably never come to your church. I just like hanging out with you because you're positive. And I thought about that. So I wonder if he thought, I, I love that he said that. I love that he was so bold to say, you know what? It's almost like he's saying, listen, you, you, you've contacted me a couple times, we've gone out, and I'm not even sure it's legit. I don't know, maybe they, maybe he didn't mean this, but it's like he's saying, you know what, I'm just gonna put it out there. Listen, buddy, if your goal is to get me to the church, I, I probably will never come. And I got, I got a hold of him right away, and I said, dude, let's meet tomorrow. We'll go out to lunch. I wanna hear about what's going on with your job and what happened. And it was like, I hope that helped set him free. Because, listen to me, I never want you to hear like, oh, this is a project. You know, people aren't projects. He's not some project I'm trying to get to church. He's literally somebody that God has placed in my path to love. I know that. Do I want him to come? Absolutely. Do I want, he does not believe in Jesus. He does, he's not surrendered his life to Christ at all. Far from it. Do I want that? Of course, I want it more than anything. But right now, I just want to love him. And I want him to know he matters. Whether he comes or not, whether he surrenders or not, we love him. So, the stickers, I pray that you're going to use those. I pray that you'll never stop. That if you run out, you'll buy your own or you'll get more from the church. That you'll put them on places that you look at and you're like, if anything, maybe, if anything, it'll stop you and cause you to pray. I need to pray for so-and-so, my mom, my dad, my brother, my coworker, my, my classmate, somebody that I know is far from God, somebody who knows hurry. I'm gonna pray for them right now because prayer is powerful and this gift, and, and you might even nominate them. I'm gonna nominate them. I wanna bless them. And they don't need to know details. You say, this is, this is from us. Don't say from the church. It's from you. You're the church. Just say, this is from me. It's from our church, my church. To you, you know, you own it. It's your ministry. That's what I want you to know. It's a gift. Let me give you the last verse that Paul wrote in this section that I read to you today. He closes it up by saying this. Needs are being met. Remember what he said? God is being glorified. And he closes with this, verse 15. Thank God for his son. A gift too wonderful for words. Thank God for his son. A gift too wonderful for words. You know, actually, the one scripture I didn't, I forgot to even mention about the love thing was, um, I think it's John 13, 35. You'll know my disciples by the way that they love. You'll know my disciples by the way that they love. By the way that they love. An expression of love. And you want to talk about an expression of love and the gift? Thank God for his son. You know what, the, in the Greek, for that same scripture, you know what it means? It, indescribable gift. Think of something indescribable. Like, I can't describe it. 
Like, you got to see it. I, I can't describe it to you. I just got to bring you to it. I just got to show you because I can't talk about it. I can't, my words won't do it justice. It's so indescribable. It's so indescribable. Some of you, you know, if you've met Jesus and you've been to that place where you're like, God, I give up. God, I surrender. God, I need you. You know, and he met you there. That indescribable mercy, that indescribable grace and forgiveness, indescribable gift. The gift, now this gift isn't, it's not wrapped like in a nice little box or in a bag. Instead, this gift was actually on a bloodstained cross. And after the gift stopped breathing, he was put into an empty tomb. And what happened over the weekend? Well, that's the center of our faith, if you're a follower of Jesus. It's the center. It is the pinnacle. It is, it is like, it, it is it. If somebody said, why, why do you believe what you believe? And why, you won't have to quote any scripture or anything. You just say, you know what? It's based on an event. An event that many will celebrate in a few weeks, right? That's what it's based on. One event. One event. We know it is Easter. Millions will celebrate it. Millions will celebrate Easter. And I'm telling you what, I just told you earlier, is Meadows going to celebrate it? Like never before. We are going to go all out with, with, with so much stuff that I've already talked about. And you can go on our website and click on the Easter tab right in the center, and you'll see it all just listed there in case you forgot or you want to point somebody there. Tell them we're giving away cash. We're giving away, you know, actually we're going we're gonna to give away a brand new car. I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. But it, it's just... We're not that generous. I mean, come on. So, I, but I, you know, I'd like to. So, we're going to do crazy stuff. We're going to celebrate Easter. But you know what I thought to myself? That gift, remember the gift we're talking about, right? Remember how he's put in the tomb? Why would we wait three or four weeks or whenever Easter comes up? Why in the world would we wait to celebrate something that's already gone down? Or, or should I say, celebrate someone who's already been raised up, right? Because on the third day, the, the, some lungs, they started breathing. A heart, it started beating. And, and on the third day, guess who rose? Yeah, you know, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's what we're going to celebrate. That's why we're here. And that same power can take what's dead inside of you and bring it back to life. Do you believe it? I need to hear you. I need to hear you. I need to hear you. I need that life-saving, resurrecting power in me. You want it in you? You can have it in you. You can have it. It's available. It's called the gift, indescribable gift. That means you can't earn it. You can't be good enough for it. I'll always say, do good people go to heaven? No. no. Saved people go to heaven. People covered by the grace of God go to heaven. People who have accepted the indescribable gift of Jesus. What do you mean, accepted it? I mean, believe in that event I just talked about. You mean believe in the Bible? Nope. I believe in the Bible in here, all of it. I believe it's all true. But there are people, there will be people in heaven that don't believe in parts of the Bible. Did you know that? Like, like evolution. Do I believe in evolution? I don't. But but you can die believing in evolution and still go to heaven. Because evolution isn't the foundation of our faith. An event 
is the foundation of our faith. One event. That's all, that's it. Don't complicate it with religion. It's a relationship with, with the one who's the center of that event. Do you believe what I told you about that gift being dead on a cross? That he was the son of God. Just gotta do that. Oh, but what about all the, all this and that and that, and God did all that? Whatever. I love it and you'll learn a lot from it. We can talk about it sometime, but right now I'm talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's based on an event. That's nothing else. So as you invite people to Easter and they don't believe in all the Bible and they don't believe this or that, say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. We're going to celebrate an event. And if you believe in that, you can be saved. Because the event said that Jesus Christ did die on a cross. He's the son of God. The event said three days later, like you just celebrated and I just celebrated, the event, God, Jesus, I should say, his son, rose from the dead. He literally rose from the dead. That event, that miracle is the center of our faith. I'll never stop reminding you. If that didn't happen, we don't have to meet anymore. This can go away. These chairs can go away. And you can go away and I can go away. We never have to gather again. If, that, if he didn't come back to life, here's the thing. He did. Thousands of people have tried to dispute it. Many of them have come to Christ because of that. It is a fact. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died and rose again, and you ask that indescribable gift to come into you and make you new, he'll do it. He'll forgive you of all the things you've done and all the people you've hurt. He'll forgive you and make you new like that. Why would you not do that? Why would you not surrender to that? You can't earn it. You're not good enough. Neither am I. You don't have to be. He was perfect. That's why he came. Some of you, you're going to surrender to Jesus online. I choose Jesus. I choose the event, the center of Easter, Jesus Christ, dead and alive. Type, I choose Jesus. We'll contact you. We'll celebrate with you in the room. Mark the card, whatever you do, but... Let us know so we can celebrate and walk with you. It's the greatest gift in the world, Jesus Christ. And, and, and I wrote this down. When you receive that indescribable gift, you will go to indescribable lengths to tell others. You will. It will change you. You're like, I don't know, I'm pretty introverted. I'm, pretty, I'm telling you what. It, might not happen. it may not happen right away, but it will happen. You'll start to talk to people. You'll start to pray for people. He'll start to change you because that's what Jesus does. So, I have to close with 2 Timothy because I told my group that I would. I meet with a group and we're walking through the New Testament and I read 2 Timothy this week and one of my action items that I challenged them to challenge me is I said I need to close the message with one scripture. 2 Timothy, it's called that because Paul, that dude that wrote to Corinth and these other churches, he wrote to his mentee, a guy he was raising up called Timothy. And in one of the letters he wrote this. He said, he said, Timothy, he said, listen to me. I'm willing to endure anything. Are you? Am I? I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory to anyone in Christ Jesus, to those God has chosen. God has chosen you and others that you know that haven't chose God. He chose you when his son went to the cross. That's how you know you're chosen. The question is, will you, will you take what he's, what he's given you and choose him back? Say whatever it takes. That's what Paul wrote there. I'll sum up the scripture. 
Timothy, I'll do whatever it freaking takes to reach the next person for Jesus. Whatever it takes. Say whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You mean, what do you mean? Like, like doing a one-for-one -one ministry where everybody brings a dollar to church every week and puts it in a little bucket and then we gather and collect it up and, and then we give it to somebody? Whatever it takes. Say whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, yeah. Well, you mean like taking little green stickers and putting it on, 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 on my laptop and my phone and my mirror and my fridge and my car? Whatever it takes. Say whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You mean like being a church that will pay people to come to church? Yeah, yes, you're getting it. You mean like a church that's going to pay people? Like if I'm a first-time guest, you're going to possibly pay me money whatever it takes. You mean like if I bring somebody, if I bring 20 people, I got 20 chances to win cash money? Whatever it takes. You mean like you're going to have a kids ministry so rocking on Easter, you're going to rent inflatables and you're going to give away switches and bicycles and, and, and systems and all kinds of money and whatever, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. We are a church that will do whatever it takes because we are pushing back the gates of hell. That's the church you belong to. Whatever it takes. It's whatever it takes. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray over your church. I thank you for giving us the one-for-one -one ministry. I thank you for the idea from Calvary Church, a church that we partner with all the time. Bless them today as they bring the gospel forth to the people there. Father, as we conclude different, help us live differently. We're challenged because the principles you teach are not principles that we're taught from the world. In fact, they're the opposite. But we don't want to live like the world. We're called to live different. Father, for somebody that needs to accept the indescribable gift of Jesus, I pray they do it today, online right now, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening from, I don't care if it's right Sunday right now, or you're, maybe it's, it might be two years from now you're watching this, and you're, you're calling on the name of the Lord, and you're being saved. Why? Because you believe in this event, an event that says a man was dead, but today he lives, and if that's the case, I have hope, and you have hope. God, may we sell out to your kingdom. May we sell out to your glory. May we sell out to you. May God, may, may we do whatever you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. I just thought of something. You know what? Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 I just thought of it when you grabbed it and I was going to kick you, but I didn't. So I'm kidding. So let's, uh, let's put it, I'm just going to let you guys come forward. And, and you probably don't carry, if you're like me, I should have prompted you ahead of time. You probably don't carry a lot of $1 bills or cash. But if you got it, I'm going to set this down here and what a cool way to worship together. We, we, you are. Give it up. She, you know what she just said? I'm going to be the first one. I like that. You mean, what, Millie, you mean that you gave first? You gave first. Oh, God bless Millie in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at everybody coming up. This is why I love Meadows Church right here. This is why I love Meadows Church right here. We will be a generous church. We will be a giving church. We will be a God-fearing church. We will be a church that preaches the gospel every weekend. Give it praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. 
I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.